0: So today on Daybreak Crypto, uh, we have two stories. One will be about um, sanctions in cryptocurrency. And then the next one will be about the dark web and Google drones. So stick around to hear about both of those things. But we'll start off with the sanctions article. So United States Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen told the House Financial Service Committee on Wednesday uh, that they're not seeing significant use of cryptocurrencies to evade sanctions placed on the uh, Russian arts and government agencies. So she even assured the committee and said, and I quote, it's hard to use crypto to evade sanctions as blockchains are being regularly examined and large transactions would be made note of. So to us, this is not a big surprise. Um, I think we're all well aware of how these blockchains work and they're very transparent, easy to follow. Um, But it's interesting to hear Yellen kind of recognize this because in the past, she has been kind of close to that idea. I know many of other Congress people have shared her view of these blockchains as basically this black hole that any sort of crime and, and money laundering could happen in. But again, it's it's starting to change. And we're seeing this as as they talk about it more, that they are seeing that there's ways to monitor this activity. Um, and she even mentioned, which I thought was interesting, that crypto exchanges are subject to AML and CFT regulations, which are anti-money laundering and combating the financing of terrorism. Um so they are part of the financial system, she said, and we haven't seen significant evasion through crypto. But her saying that they're part of the financial system, I think, is a a precipice to what they're trying to do, and that is bring them into the overall financial system and basically loop them into securities is what I'm getting the feeling of. Maybe I'm going too far there in my speculation, but that's kind of the tone I'm getting.
1: yeah. Um, because we covered this a little bit, uh, to some extent, but really like the main ways that the the main reasons why crypto can't evade sanctions is, as you mentioned, pretty highly guarded on off ramps. Again, as you mentioned, uh, pretty open architecture. You can see the blockchain is public and especially with tools like chain analysis. I mean, you don't, (laughs) the, the degree that they can analyze the movements in crypto is, is as granular as can be. And at the end of the day, even if you are able to, you just can't buy enough stuff on this large of a scale yet with crypto. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I was kind of happy that everyone's taken the obvious look at this and said, yeah, okay, this is not going to be used to evade sanctions because that would be, I think, kind of par for the course for the government to take to mischaracterize something uh and say oh well this might be enabling terrorists and then use that as an excuse to you know maybe maybe execute poorly thought out policy uh because up until this point you you have heard people uh politicians in the u.s say well could this be used to evade sanctions almost like concern trolling like well i'm just asking the question with the obvious implication that well um we don't know whether it can be used to evade sanctions so i think we're just better off you know tightening our grip on it a bit. So yes, uh, the U.S. Treasury Secretary coming out and being like, nah, this is does not represent some uh, immediate risk to our geopolitical aims is, uh, yeah, definitely a breath of uh, common sense and uh, just recognition of the facts. So, I mean.
0: Yeah, which is sometimes isn't as easy to do for them as you might think, which is just recognize the objectiveness of certain things. But, but either way, I, I think this has a lot to do with what's what with what's happened recently in the crypto space. So in, in the article, they mentioned that um, there was a takedown of a Russian or a Moscow based digital currency exchange called Garantex, um, and they basically took them down for disregarding the anti-money laundering regulations. And they also were accommodating ransomware tax on a Russian darknet called Hydra. So you, you may have heard about this or seen on the news, but Hydra was recently taken down by the German police um, and it is similar to Silk Road in that it was a, it was a dark web marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were able to seize, I think, like $25 million from them in Bitcoin. I think it was like 540 Bitcoin, a little over that. Um, but what it really showed is that these government agencies are starting to understand these networks much better to the point that they can trace st- trace the transactions, but also the network activity. So they're doing a lot better now of being able to get into the details of what's actually happening on these networks and finding the people responsible for them so as as more of these kind of exchanges and um, bad actors are getting busted by different governments and uh, regulatory bodies more and more of I think our Congress and people like Yellen will be like hey okay maybe we do have a way to trace these bad actors and you know punish them for for breaking the rules and more examples of this will just pro- provide them that gunpowder to basically say like, Hey, you know what? Blockchain isn't that bad. It's actually very easy for us now to trace things. And we should maybe be pushing this as a positive if we're the government. Now, if you're a private citizen, I think you should be pushing for privacy, but we'll save that for a different episode.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, to TOR's credit, which is the network that this dark web uh, drug website ran on, they have been looking for them for like seven years. And the story was similar to Silk Road. Like it it did take them a while, but um, you know, the uh, intelligence agencies, the cops are always working on their own tools, trying to get better at tracking these down. And yeah, it just seems like it's not these uh, privacy networks, like Tor aren't being talked about as like existential risks. They're just, um, you know, so because when they're phrased that way, it's, uh, I mean, the entire, almost the entire uh, U.S. Uh, crime. What am I trying to say? Like almost every agency in the U.S. Uh, police and like crime execution like was looking for Silk Road. And um, so, yeah, so just uh, recognizing that there's a balance that you can allow people privacy and that these networks like Tor that are extreme don't represent existential risks. Yeah, I mean, it. It just feels yeah. like that it's not everything isn't terrorism, which which is nice.
0: Yeah, the the, the conversation around um, blockchain has definitely progressed quite a bit. Um, like you said, it went from fear mongering even just like a couple of months ago to now at least recognizing the idea that, you know, it is going to be useful in the future and that we're going to have to develop ways to monitor um, bad actors and, and make sure that we're able to keep track of what's happening, which I just don't think is a feasible, feasible thing for them to even think. But of course the government's going to try anything they can to make sure they can control as much information as they can and review as much information as they can on their citizens. And we're just going to have to deal with that as long as we live here, but it is what it is.
1: Well, one thing towards the end of this article, there was a quote From representative warren davidson out of ohio and it was just kind of a throwaway line but uh they noted how he expressed some concern over um preserving preserving self-hosted digital wallets um and if anyone's been kind of paying attention to what's been going on in the eu they're having a very like active debate over how to treat hosted versus unhosted wallets and um it's um it could have some very significant impacts and uh, we haven 't really had to have that conversation yet, but uh I, I just inevitably i think we will and it might uh it also might get a little contentious
0: but yeah it'll be interesting to see all that plays out and i 'm sure we 'll be hearing a lot more from from Congress in general just on <clears throat> on crypto as as it becomes more popular and more you know mainstream so that we can start to get better regulation and framework around how to treat it um and and what types of Privacy controls they'll have um, over the entire space but but with that, I think we could probably transition over to our our next article, um, yeah, with the yeah, Google absolutely. drones a little lighter, a little more fun than the <laughs> the previous one,
1: yeah, yeah, I mean this one uh maybe not so closely related to crypto, but uh it uh, it was certainly interesting from a technology standpoint, alphabet which is google's parent company, is beginning to unleash. Uh, one of their thousands of different uh, little incubators that uh, they're little companies they work on uh, and drone delivery is one of them that's being rolled out in the Dallas Fort Worth area um, today actually April 7th and they're starting small and this is drone delivery so uh, I think they're mostly starting with Walgreens so you can get same day delivery via drone Uh, packages will be dropped off Uh, either in your doorstep or popped in your backyard. But uh, this isn't entirely novel. Uh, Amazon has been experimenting with this, I believe, to some extent, although I've never actually seen a drone delivery here in Milwaukee. Uh, But, uh, I mean, Americans are clearly okay with drones in their personal, commercial, and um, even uh, uh, national defense (laughs) lives. So, uh, yeah. What are your, what are your first takeaways? How do you feel about the whole like drone proliferation? Uh, uh,
0: yeah. How do how you feel? Yeah. about Yeah. I, I know what you mean. And I don't really know how I feel about it. Right. Like I, I'm not against it. I think it's really cool that we have the technology to do this and to be able to provide people with super quick, immediate delivery of items um, by basically just, you know, releasing a drone, but at the same time, I can definitely see where this can become an issue. Not only for one, it, it, it will take people's jobs inherently, right? Like a drone or a, a fleet mm-hmm. of drones are going to be able to be much more efficient and do a lot more work than any human. So that's always a concern. Uh, but, uh, and just the idea of, you know, how do you, where do you draw the line? Where do you monitor it? If you just have tons of these drones flying around delivering stuff all the time, how, how do we make sure that you're not doing anything illegal, like monitoring the traffic below you with the drone or using it to spy. Now these are you know pretty conspiracy theory thoughts, but definitely things you have to consider anytime you're rolling out something like this. Um, so that, I guess that's my first thought. My second mm-hmm. thought is I've heard about this for a long time and never really knew what was going on with this whole project. Cause I knew Amazon was trying to do these blimps, I guess, that were gonna release all these drones was the original idea. But it looks oh, like yeah. they moved to something mm-hmm. like this, which to me seems a little more doable and realistic. Um, clearly some limitations, only 3.3 3 pounds per trip, but still yeah, pretty <laughs> awesome and autonomous.
1: Yeah. So the, there, there was so much that you touched on, but my thought kept coming back to like who, because like these Walgreens workers, they're going to have to like, not operate these because these drones actually operate they fly through ai and if there's an issue some google tech can take over but i'm just thinking like these walgreens workers making like n- no no offense but not making great money now like have to go into work like oh by the way you have to set up these uh multi-million dollar drones in the back and uh start loading up packages and basically be an associate level drone tech now and uh if I'm a Walgreens worker, it's like, pfft, sounds like you're about to pay me more money.
0: Yeah. I was about to say, that seems like a, a nice way to someone to slide in a new job title of like, you know, drone engineer. <laughs> and all of a sudden you're making 150K a year to, to to run a drone around. So I actually think that's a pretty solid idea.
1: Well, because that's the thing is these things are going to be stationed in like a little mini shipping container on site. And so someone's going to have to set these bad boys up and then lock them up every night because uh, otherwise you're going to be the uh, the person working at Walgreens who left the door unlocked in the shipping container and saw $2 million worth of drones get lifted. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Interesting uh, yeah. interesting choice. But,
0: well, and uh, you know, if, if some of these large companies are, are doing this, they're going to innovate a lot. So I imagine mm-hmm. most of these drones will be completely autonomous. Um, I know they mentioned they are autonomous with you know, like you were mentioning, like a, a pilot can come in and intervene if, if necessary, but I think they'll be able to essentially just let these things do their own thing. They'll be able to self dock, self-take off. Um, and really, you'd only have a technician just to make minor, you know, repairs or maintenance. or At least that's how I see it going in the future. Um, mm-hmm. But another thing I thought was really, this is kind of a switch up here, but I thought it was really weird or, or not weird, um, it was surprising. They've already done 200,000 deliveries.
1: Yeah, they seem to work pretty well. I mean, they, these drones are beasts. It, it's kind of – they're not the little, like, uh, drones you, you see flying around in the park or something that someone has. Uh, okay. But uh, they uh, they look solid, and so they've done 200K already. I mean, <laughs> look, I think the whole thing is a little unnecessary. Uh, just personally, like, we already have two-day delivery and same-day delivery from Amazon. Like, you really – if you really need your – I don't know, your deodorant. Right now, and you can't walk down to the Walgreens that's on every other corner. Like, it gets to a point where it's a little ridiculous. But hey, you know what? If it's working, it's working. uh
0: I did not know they already
1: had two hundred k though. Yeah,
0: no, neither did I. That that was shocking to me because, like I said, I've heard about these delivery services via drone. I've heard about Amazon potentially doing it, um but I didn't know that it's actually being done on that scale where they've done almost a quarter million deliveries to date. So pretty cool to see um yeah but nice proof of concept yeah
1: one last thing before we go because you touched on it earlier and I, but you you talked about automation taking away jobs it's this actually kind of made me realize that we had this big fear over the last decade of automation taking jobs and that hasn't really panned out because any jobs that were really automated required someone with technical experience to step in so there was almost a switch out so It's not like we've seen like, oh, we don't need workers anymore. But a lot of this automation seems to be centered on supply chains, uh, delivering goods and services, automated trucking, uh, shipping, uh, delivery here. And uh, so, yeah, no, it's it's just interesting that I I see a lot of this automation focused on uh, supply chain delivery, logistics-based businesses. And considering that's a bit of a problem for us right now – not that this is going to fix our supply chain issues tomorrow or next year. Uh, I mean, it's, it's good because if you have a shortage somewhere in the economy and you have a technological answer, uh, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's better than not. So
0: Right. And, and and with something like this, I think it makes a lot of sense to to replace with something like like drones where it is automated because the more autonomous you can make the supply chain and the more you can make it so it's constantly communicating, um, across multiple different, you know, supply chains, so that we're always getting the most efficient, you know, transfers of products and stuff. So we're never really in shortages, and we're not wasting any time with bad routes or you know not having people available. I think that really creates a much more efficient economy. But to your point, who knows how that impacts our economy from a, you know, person's standpoint or like a citizen's standpoint as jobs start to evaporate? Because I know many of people, including my friends, have worked for you know, FedEx, uh, DHL, all these different delivery companies, um, and work for Amazon worked for all these, all these different companies that basically are part of the supply chain. And now these jobs could be replaced. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, obviously there'll be some sort of give and take and we'll have to find some sort of middle ground.
1: Well, that's the issue, right? Because you can't tell a trucker to just go become a computer programmer, you know, overnight, you can't tell someone working a coal mine to just become a, uh, you know a wind turbine technician like yeah yeah these these things cause short-term pain for a lot of people but um but yeah i don't know i guess to try to create an upshot here uh if you want your butt cream in 30 minutes sounds like you have your answer so uh. i agree
0: cool all (laughs) right well Well, now that we got this we uh we definitely can can start ordering stuff to our houses and i will be utilizing this as soon as it's available in my area that's that yeah
1: I'm going to use it too. I'm sure it's going to be weird, but (laughs) I'll use it. Well, awesome. Well, thanks bud for joining us, uh, for, for talking. Uh, thanks everyone for listening in. Please like subscribe and uh, tell a friend about the show if you're enjoying it and we'll be back uh, tomorrow for another episode.